Yeah. It is a great honor to be with you on this very important, momentous occasion. Really, 10 years is a big deal. And uh, we celebrate at our church whenever we can, uh, you know, whatever, whatever milestones we make. And we are with you. Our, our congregation sends greetings because they, so many of them had great memories of your pastors and what they imparted to them when they were with, when you guys, you didn't even know them yet. And we are connected. We're connected historically. We're connected relationally, but we're mostly connected spiritually with you guys. And so our church prays for Heart of the City. Yes, we lift you guys up. And we know that God is doing this great thing called, uh, you know, spreading his kingdom over the whole earth. And uh, what an awesome thing. The Lord just gives me little pictures sometimes. And the, the picture that he gave to me and this one word that he gave to me is the, uh, it's from the scripture. I couldn't find it. I didn't look actually, but is that baby that's looking for the sincere milk of the word, but hungers. And the, the, the exhortation is to hunger for more of the meat. But um, the Lord just showed me that you guys were uh, such a hungry group. And, and the Lord is just saying that in your hunger, I'm going to fill you with so much meat that you're going to be able to take it and share it to this city, to this county, to this state, to this world that you live in. And uh, he is saying, well done, but hunger. Don't ever lose the hunger. You know, when I have company in the house and I set up a big table for them and prepare roast and I've cooked and cooked and they come in and they go, oh no, we're not hungry. I'm a little offended. I mean, I, I know that's probably really bad of me to be, but yeah, if, if God is preparing so much for us, we need to keep our hunger. And that's the, just the little picture the Lord gave to me. Thank you. We love you guys. We love this church. She's just so nice, isn't she? I bring my wife in on any appointment where people are offended at me in the church. <laughs> she protects me. And uh, they just calm down a little bit, of course. So she looks very nice, but she's probably one of the most intense debaters I've ever met. My nickname for her is the DA. So anybody really is mad at me, I always bring her in because she just basically tears their arguments down to nothing and, and I just say, just listen to her. That's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Well, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And all the single young men said amen. Guys, you gotta find them. They're not just gonna drop off at your porch. Some young men, I don't understand them. They're not looking around for a wife. I'm going to take them to the doctor. Let's make sure they're biologically okay. <laughs> nice introduction to me. If we're getting warmed up here. It's just good stuff. Good stuff. Man, what a, what a great weekend. We are just so pumped and so excited. We, we couldn't be prouder of J.O. and Ray Dean, of all that God's done with them and the team and the people we've come to love and uh, hear as part of the heart of the city church. 
and we feel like we've been a part of the whole journey. I, we even gotten a couple photos in the video. That was, man, that was an honor. I got in the video. <laughs> but uh, we were with your leaders last night, I mean, yesterday morning, and then, of course, the church last night. And, and I'm just taken back of all the things that God has done. J.O. was uh, quoting Quoting to the church last night, just uh, in the last 12 months, you've had over 400 decisions for Jesus. That's phenomenal. I, I, I don't like, oh, 400. You know, 400 is a lot. It's a lot of decisions. People coming back to the Lord, people coming to the Lord, and, and people say, well, you know, they're not all discipled. But, you know, to get, to get 40, you've got to get 400. Well, we got 40. Well, then you got about four. Okay, yes, this is hard work. This is harvest. Jesus gave us a picture of four different types of soils. And some are wayside hares, and some are stony ground hares, and some were thorny ground hares, a lot of weeds. And then there was 30, 60, and 100 full productive Christians. And you know, so we have different soils. It's a lot of work. It's, it's harvest. And all the farmers said amen. amen. I mean, it's, it's, it's work. Gardens just don't grow. We've got to sow some seed. We've got to water some plants. We've got to pull some weeds. And, and so it's exciting. It's always exciting when I come back. I always have new, fresh stories from J.O. and Radine about stories of people's lives. And they always tell me stories about individuals, which is a, so exciting. It's not like, hey, here's our numbers, ba 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 Actually, they never really talk about the numbers to me. What they talk about is that person's story. You've got to hear this person's story. You've got to hear what God did for that one. You know, the Bible says in the Psalms, this one and that one were born in her. And all my springs of joy are in you. You know, that's what it's like. You come here and you find life. You find Jesus. And, and it's not about the masses individual. Someone comes to a picnic hungry and destitute. And all of a sudden it's a divine appointment. And their life is changed forever. You know, you look at the Gospels, most of the accounts of the Gospels are accounts of personal encounters between Jesus and someone else. He walks by a sycamore tree, and there's a short little tax collector up there, and he says, hey, Zach, man, I have a lunch appointment with you today. Come on, let's get together for lunch. And so, you know, it's all about personal encounters, even Nicodemus. Nicodemus gets a real bad rap. He was a good man. He came at night, but he's hungry. He's seeking. Jesus has a conversation with him. He's helping him to understand another dimension of what it is to know God. Later on, he stands for Christ with Joseph of Arimathea. And so, you know, say, these are all great stories. You're a great story. Say the person next to you. You're a great story. I, I, speaking out of the book of Joshua, and today, today I want to talk to you about there is still more. There is still more. And looking at the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua is a book of conquest. It's a book of promised possession. It's a book of inheritance. It's a book that really describes to the believer that God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God, and he has a promise, he has promises for you and an inheritance for you, both individually and as a church for you to possess. But we've got to understand how we can possess. And so Joshua chapter 13, verse 1 and 6, I have it right there on your screen for you. And when Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, you're growing old. I, I appreciate that. They prayed for me this morning and had a lot of old man prayers over me. And I, I even have a prophetic word now that I'm a Yoda. And, uh, and I'm really excited. I'm going to go get a robe and a hood and be a sage. I was going to work out with some of the CrossFitters here tomorrow morning, but maybe I'm just too old. 
I think so. I think I'm going to skip out because I'm old and uh, we'll sleep in. He's old. And much land remains to be conquered. Much land remains to be conquered. If you go prior to that, the book of Joshua, there's just a list of kings that they have annihilated. There's just regions and cities and everything from Jericho to Ai and on and on and on. And, you know, the sun stood still until they wiped out a bunch of people. And so, I mean, they have won battle after battle after battle after battle, yet there remains much land to be conquered. I myself, God is talking about, I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites. So be sure, be sure to give this land to Israel as a special possession. God has a special possession for you. And it's my responsibility as a minister of the gospel, it's your pastor's responsibility as a minister of the gospel to make sure that you get your possession. If you look at this book in Joshua 21, was the last Israelite to get his inheritance. In other words, as a leader, my responsibility is you possess first, I possess second. It's not you to support my ministry, it's me to support your ministry, and my goal is to get underneath you and get behind you that you might possess your destiny. When you do that, the church becomes the church. When the church becomes the church, Satan gets really scared. Bad things go away. People get their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The church grows, the devil's shaking, and Jesus has a kingdom that he's coming for. That's what happens when you possess what God wants you to possess. So we see that they've, they have, they, they've, they, up to this time, they, they've possessed many different you know, things in the promised land, but there's still Canaanites that are left over. There were the Phoenicians and the Philistines. They had come from the west and settled on the, on the Lord's inheritance for his people. And God says, there is yet more land to conquer. There is more. Now, turn with me, if you have your Bible, smartphone, you version, or what do you got? You got something here today. Turn with me to John chapter 14. I love the teachings of Jesus. I did a series, got halfway through it, because it took me almost three years, about the words of Jesus. I had to take a break, because there's so many words of Jesus, hard to digest. Jesus said a lot of things. And everyone's always talking about Jesus. All about Jesus. But what about Jesus? Oh, it's all about Jesus. Well, well what particularly about Jesus? It's, it's just all about him. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know, but it's all about him. John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, that's me, that's you, the works that I do, he will do also. Ooh. I believe this. Amen. Craig Keener, Baptist brother, absolutely committed to the Holy Spirit, wrote a book called The Credibility of New Testament Miracles, substantiates in his own research. It's a 13,000-page book. He substantiates, he substantiates that right now he can substantiate 230 million healings globally around the world right now that he can substantiate of people being healed in the name of Jesus in our day, in our time. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. If we're going to move to the next thing, we've got to have a more in our spirit. I, I played uh, a number of years of football, both in college and in high school, and, and, and our coaches uh, made us lie to them. In my day, it was considered uh, wrong to give athletes water. 
because water makes you weak. And uh, so they'd have us out there in two and a half hour practices in 90 degree weather, humidity in Southern California. And we're doing what you would know as burpees. You fall on the ground, you get back up. They're called grass drills. And, and the coaches said, have you had enough? Well, I had enough about 30 minutes ago. And I said, no, we want some more. We want some more. Lying to our coaches. But that has to be the thirst we have in our heart. We got to come to God and we got to say, God, we want more. I want more in my life. I want to expand my gift. I want to expand what you, how you want to use me. I want to win people to Jesus. That's what we want to do. We want to get a more in our spirit. We just don't want to lay back on our laurels and just be content, just coast our way in heaven. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to rowboat my way into heaven. I want to come in on an ocean liner with a big band and have an abundance entrance. Here comes Bob. Woo! High f- I want a gauntlet of saints high-fiving me, pounding me. I want to... I did my job. Not, oh, oh, Charlie. Just get on by. Let us, let us finish the parade first, but come on in. <laughs> Let's try to understand the promises of God. Here's some principles, especially in this section of the book of Joshua. First, we need to understand about our inheritance the two-sided promise of God. That God works and I possess. Now, God said this, I myself will drive them out. Now, you've got to understand something about the Canaanite wars. This was a holy war. You can't even use the book of Joshua to justify wars in our time. This was a holy war of God against the Canaanites. First, they were in the land that he owned. And he gave them four centuries to repent. 400 years I want you to repent. He actually told Abraham, your descendants are going to hang out in Egypt as slaves because their iniquity is not yet full yet. In other words, I'm giving them a long rope to hang themselves because when I do lower the arm of my wrath, it'll be just because I gave them space to repent. Israel was his instrument, but God was, has a, had a war against the Canaanites. So we need to understand that. And then as a result, you've got to see this in two different divisions. As a result, he was given land to his people to possess. So there's a God size that I will drive them out. Jesus said, if I by the Spirit of God drive out demons, you know the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Come on, God is coming. He's driving out the forces of darkness. But the second half is that we've got to possess it. I have my part. We've got to possess by faith the promises that God said he would work with us to, possess, to give us. we got to work with faith on this thing. we got to do our part. we got to go after it. Now, there are things that are ours by promise that must be taken by faith. If you look at verse 7 of, of chapter 13 of the book of Joshua, he says, Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine and a half tribes in the, in the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. Because two and a half tribes were on the other side of Jordan had already gotten their inheritance. But here's the issue. There were still people on those, that land. They had not conquered that land, but said, This is a done deal. This is their inheritance. There are things that are done deals in the mind of God that we have not yet possessed. 
There are done deals in your life that you have not yet possessed. But they're a done deal in the mind of God. So we have to do our part. We have to pray with people. We have to share the story of God in our life with them. We have to serve the community. We have to take one of those purple books, and I know you got them around here. We got to sit down with Charlie, maybe for 12 weeks, or maybe all year, week in and week out at Starbucks, go through the principles of the Bible. Come on, we got to intercede. We got to pray. We got to step out in faith. We got to go with the impulse of the Spirit that might be in us to step out. We got to stretch ourselves by faith. It just won't happen. Everybody, I, I, my skin crawls when people say stuff like this to me. Oh man, God's going to be, there's a great move of God coming. How about we move? How about we move and then he moves? I think God's waiting for us to move. Hours prophesying and praying and jumping and laying out. And God move, God move, God move. God say, please, you move, you move, you move. Come on, He's given us His marching orders. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Word of God. We create the move of God. We say, you know what? Court of Lane is Jesus. Northern Idaho is Jesus. West Coast of the United States, the Northwest is Jesus. I'm so tired of this unchurched statistic. And I live where I live right next to Portland. Keep Portland weird. You know Portland? We have all sorts of gay pride parades. We have a bike ride every year where about a thousand people get on bikes nude. They ride through the city nude. It's my wonderful city. Hi, grandchildren, come with me. Let's walk through our city. Yes, isn't he a handsome man without clothes? Okay. <laughs> Time we churn things around. There are things that are that we have to take by faith. Now, if we're talking about inheritance, we need to understand this, that every child of God in every local church has an inheritance. He gave large tribes with a lot of people more land, not because he was given more inheritance, but to make sure that every individual clan had equal inheritance. I love Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 11. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, not will bless us, has blessed us. We have a bank. We have a bank in heaven. And we have access to all the resources and privileges of God. Because we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Furthermore, here we go, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Come on, it was a great land. Every tribe was able to get a lot of land. The whole place was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a place of blessing. It was blessing for every family, for every individual, for every tribe. There's blessing on your life. There's no leftovers. There's no back in the line. There's no second-rate citizens. There's no rejects. There's no adopted people. They're not a part of the family. You're in. You're his. His blessing's on you. And as leaders, we need to speak blessing and encourage blessing and provoke blessing and make, get people to believe blessing. Had someone sit down with me one time and they were going after trying to build a house, and this, this woman is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. 
she said, you know, Bob, I, should we go for this? And I said, you better believe you should go for it. God wants to bless you. He wants to honor you. She goes, I just had visions and dreams of being homeless as an old woman. Today they own three homes. Because he had an inheritance for them. But they had to work through things, and they had to go possess things. Every one of you has a call. Every one of you has a gift, gifts. Every one of you has divine appointments he's setting up. Every one of you is valuable. I don't care what role you play. A year ago at this time, I would be in a boot. You'd see me in a boot and crutches because I, I had a, not a ruptured Achilles, but I had a giant bone spur on my heel and in the back of my Achilles like a golf ball, like a knife jabbing into my Achilles. So I went into surgery. How many people like surgeons? They always seem to deceive you. This is what's going to happen. We're going to cut you up for an hour. You're going to be in this. You're going to be in this. But they don't tell you all the stuff you go through. <laughs> but the thing that I appreciated out of the surgery is I really appreciate my Achilles. Now, I don't really look at my Achilles that much. I mean, so I get up in the morning, man, how's my Achilles today? <laughs> but your Achilles supports your whole body. Uh, man, without Achilles, you have no strength, no balance. You have nothing. You go from benching 400 to 20 pounds. I mean, you lose everything. Trust me. And I really appreciate my Achilles. I find myself, actually, when people don't have socks on or they're in flip-flops, I check out their Achilles. <laughs> because it's become such an important part of my life. I mean, I know it kind of weird. Walked up, hey, man, you have some good Achilles. Man, those are good-looking Achilles. Every one of you, you may not think the Achilles is that important. Maybe you don't think a duodenum is important. But thank God for my duodenum. What's it do? I don't know. But if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be up here right now. We need to recognize also that there are squatters on our inheritance. Canaanites, Philistines from the west, Phoenicians from the west. These guys came from the west. The Philistines, the Phoenicians, they come from the, you know, the Mediterranean part of the world and they actually start squatting before Israel gets there on their inheritance. They're sitting on what God wants to give them. They're intruders. In our county where I live, if someone wants to put a property and I don't protest it and contest it, if they're there long enough, it's their land. Isn't it interesting that Jesus dies for us, opens up heaven to us. We have forgiveness. We have access to the Father. We have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. We have the word of God to guide us. We have the body of Christ to support us. We have pastors to direct us. We have all these things, but yet we have squatters on our inheritance. We've got to drive out these intruders. It might be the intruder of fear. You're, you're here today and you're just tormented by fear. Maybe it's unbelief. You just can't, can't get your... Some people believe real easy... Some people, you know, just, I mean, it takes, it takes every effort for them to believe. Maybe there's damaged emotions and everything said just causes triggers and you just react and people they can't be honest with you because you're just so sensitive and feel attacked. Or what did you mean by that? I, I meant hello. <laughs> Lies within your head, you've spoken about yourself, sicknesses and debilitating addictions. And 
in conflict relationally. You just, why don't I have friends? Because you're in conflict every time. You're, you're the grumpiest person at a party. It's not your inheritance. It's not your future. Well, there's truders. I, I had a counseling appointment here. That I, I don't, I'm going on record. I, I don't have a great track record in marriage counseling because I have cases that are almost to divorce court. You know, and I'm brought in the ninth day. It's like a relief pitcher coming in. Your team's, uh, your team's behind nine to nothing, you know. Save this game. Oh, yeah, I'll save this game. You know? Ten years. Guy did two tours to Iraq, helicopter fighter pilot. His wife cheated on him right before they got when he was on, out on tour. He couldn't trust her. And then all of a sudden, he falls in love with a, another female GI veteran. And she catches him at a restaurant in, in Vancouver, starts a big brawl right public on a nice morning run, trying to eat their breakfast. And here's in our church having a fist fight. And she's yelling, screaming at the woman. And there they are. They hate each other, don't trust each other. He's deader than a doornail, has no passion for her. She wants to get back to Jesus and go for it. And can these bones live? And I'm thinking, this is, this is a mess. But you know what? I, I, I said, listen, this is, if you want to make this marriage work, it's up to you. I'm just going to tell you what to do. You go make it happen or this is a waste of time. You know what? They took the Bible. They read books together. They prayed together. They, they, everything, everything I told them to do. I've never had a counseling wow. appointment That's where amazing. everything I told them to do, they did. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, they actually came in and said, we want to do the will of God. Imagine that. So I don't have people coming in. Pastor, I want you to know we're having real problems. But I want to be everything God wants me to be as a husband. And the wife says, Pastor, I don't like him, but I know the will of God is for us to make it, so what do I need to change? That's the easiest thing to counsel. Just here's the Bible. Just go obey it. I'm telling you something. In six months, I just said, you don't need me anymore. They're on their own. They're in love. He's walking in with a latte at church. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Come on, let's get these squatters out of our inheritance, amen? <laughs> now, what's interesting in all this is that God determines and designs our inheritance to fit us and bless us. It is interesting to note, if you study this, that the land that was allotted to him from Joshua 13 to Joshua 21, the land that was, that was allotted to him was predicted by Jacob in Genesis 49 exactly that, that, the, the land that they were going to possess. It fit it. And what, in Deuteronomy 33, what Moses said they would possess. And they cast lots. They threw sticks on the ground to be directed by the Spirit, but the Spirit directed them to the fulfillment of destiny and prophecy that God had designed for them. God has a blessing for you that's personally fitted for you. You're personally designed for it. This is why comparing ourselves with each other is such a waste of energy because you're losing out the blessing that would really rock your socks and bless you if you walked in it. And if you wanted what that other person had, it's not going to bless you the same way. It is not going to do that. You know, it's, it's amazing to me with the Owens how much northern Idaho fits them like a hand to a glove. You know, J.O. doesn't do real well in Portland. 
Baptist. He would be upset all the time. He just wouldn't do well. But I'm telling you, Idaho just fits them and the community. And not just, you know, Idaho, but Coeur d'Alene's artistic and has such a, a both of the arts and, and, and recreation and class and country. And, and it's just unique because it, it is who these two people are. It fits like a hand of glove. J.O. is an evangelist. I mean, J.O. just starts crying like he does all the time. And 10 people get saved. He doesn't, he doesn't even say anything. You want to come to Jesus? Let's go. You know, I break out the four, five spiritual laws of Romans Road and this and that, and I can apologetically strip anybody of an argument. And I get some, you know, that has been down the altar ten times already. It's not fair. It's not fair. I have a different gift. I have pastors from all over the place calling me every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I enjoy helping pastors. Different gift, different grace. It's just enjoy, enjoy your grace. I'm getting so many prophecies about being old. What happened in the prayer room today is you know to what I get in every city. And I'm just enjoying it. Just join me, an old guy, giving wisdom out, encouraging people, and encouraging my kids, encouraging my kids in the faith. It's just fun. Find, find your blessing and just flow in it and just enjoy life. You know, but we do have to ask and contend for what is ours. It's interesting in this, this story that there are four accounts and narratives where people are asking for their inheritance. The first is Caleb in, in Joshua 14, 12. He says, listen, I want you to give me this mountain. Now, what's interesting, he says, this mountain is my mountain by faith because Anakin dwells up there, a bunch of giants. Forty years ago, I said we could take it. And now I'm in my 80s. I want my faith honored. I want to take the hardest place. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great mountainside with water and creeks and everything else. It's mine by faith honor me in that. You know why Caleb possessed what God wanted him to possess? Because Caleb had attitude. He had attitude. You know, I was, you know, 40 then. You know, I'm 80, probably 85 now. And I'm as strong now as I was then, which is not true. He thinks he is. He thinks he is. He thinks he is. I like to exercise with the young guys, but they stretch five minutes, and I spend my first hour just warming up. Yeah. <laughs> Moving kind of slow. Just give me 30 minutes. <laughs> but he had attitude. But it's interesting, though. The second, the second one was, was Hsa, his daughter. And he, and he said, you know, whoever's going to go get Kerjasler in there, they get my daughter. She must have been a good-looking girl. Because Othniel, he said, I'm going after it. He gets, he gets Caleb's daughter. And, and, of course, she gets an inheritance. He's ready to haul her off on, you know, and she's sitting on the mule or whatever she's sitting on. I'm getting you off for our honeymoon. She said, wait, I'm getting off this thing. 
I'm going to go talk to my dad. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I don't, you know, the inheritance is nice, but yes. it's a lower creek. It's dry and it's arid. I want some water. Give me the upper stream. Yes. Before I go off with you, Othniel, I'm getting my inheritance first. What about us? Do we just settle for second best? We just settle? We, we think this is all God has for us? The upper stream is mine too. I get water. And I'm asking for it. And I'm contending for it. Have you ever read Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker? I would encourage you to do that. I was in Haiti and they had no Wi-Fi, no TV, no nothing. Hotel rooms at night. So all I had was my Bible, prayer, by myself. And I actually read that book, and I listed out about eight things. And God, I contended for them. And they all came to pass. Wow. Bob Mumford used to say, if you haven't gotten an answer to prayer, get one. Think about that one. See, love them all. Get, get one. In other words, don't settle. Yeah. Go after that thing. Believe for that thing. And then there was the daughters of Zelophehad. And they were promised because there were four of them and their, their father died without any sons. And Moses says, you're going to get your father's inheritance. And then they, and Joshua 17, they, they approached Joshua. Hey, remember what Moses commanded that we get our inheritance. Notice that they're still contending. They're still having to ask. Ladies, don't get shortchanged in the church. There is no Holy Spirit bias towards women. I believe in male leadership. I believe in covering my wife. I believe in strong male leadership in the house of God. But let women be loosed. Let women be loosed because, come on, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I read my Bible. Deborah, Deborah did, a, did a number in Israel in her day, come up was a woman that destroyed the Midianite king, drove a stake through his head. It was whole to advise the, 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 the priests during the days of Josiah what they needed to do. Come on, it was Aquila and Priscilla that taught and trained Apollos. Come on, we got to release women to their inheritance. The daughters of Zephalad, they came up and they said, we want our inheritance. It's awful quiet. I want the whole army. Don't want to gag God's instrument. You go to China, and women are turning the whole nation inside out. They just have to. They just, men and women, just go preach. Miracles take place like no one's business. Two women evangelists went into a village, started a whole village, and the whole village got saved. Want to know why? While they were preaching, a giant movie screen appeared behind them, and a whole, a whole visual reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection was taking place that the whole village saw while they were preaching, and everyone believed. He said, I don't believe it. It's too late. It happened. But there's one tribe. Ephraim and half the tribe of Manasseh had a lot of people, and they just said, you know what? The mountain you gave us isn't enough. It's not enough. We read this in, in Joshua 17. And uh, verse 15 and 16. So Joshua answered them and says, if you're a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. 
The mountains are, are too confined. Go take the forest land. Yeah, there's some giants down there. Yes, there's some Canaanites down there. But what was their attitude? And then the children of Joseph said, well, the mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites dwell in the land of the valley. They have chariots of iron. Joseph said, you're able to conquer that. Here's the issue. Complaining and passivity won't get you anything. There's iron chariots on my land. There's giants in the forest. You know, it's the person that always has but what? But if. But what should happen if? No, let's get out of the should-haves. Let's get into the could-haves. Let's believe. I'll never forget. Final story here. We'll wrap this up. I'll never forget when J.O. and Ray Dean first came to, to uh, Clark County. They had some money from a sale of the house. I want you to know, they gave up a lot to come be with me. They gave a beautiful house in Boise. He had the keys to the city. I offered them nothing. And they're looking for a place to live. And I remember we walked. How many acres did you guys have on there? About seven acres. Seven acres. I'm telling you, the seven acres had shrubs and grass as high as an elephant's eye. Had a double-wide mobile home, about 20, 25 years old. Some steel building barn. It just looked like it was just overgrown and ugly. Amen. Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Hagen here, Oral Roberts, Mr. Confession himself, is like. <laughs> but Ray Dean, I remember, I'll never forget this. She's walking around. I could see it in her eye. We can do something with this place. J.O., this is it. And I'm thinking, man, does she have faith. I want you to know that piece of land and what they built on that made them a lot of money because she saw something. She didn't see the obstacles. She saw the potential. Passivity and complaining will get you nowhere. Come on, you can't say there's a bunch of iron chariots there. Drive them out. God is with you. He says, I will, not you. I will drive them out. I will take down the obstacles. I will bring down the mountains. Come on, so that type of faith, let's stand to our feet right now. Father, we thank you right now. I want you to begin to pray. Lord, give me my inheritance right now. Just right out. If you're not used to praying out loud, then just begin to just right now. Say, I want my inheritance. I want my mountain. I want all the promises you have for me, man or woman, great or small. Come on, I want everything that you have for me in my life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing. In the name of Jesus, that's what I want. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you will release, that you will release the inheritance to this people of faith. There is yet more for Heart of the City Church. There is more people and more challenges and more territory, more restoration, more poor people being fed, more families coming together. In Jesus' name, we thank you that this is going to take place. We drive out all squatters on our inheritance. The land is ours. The future is ours. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you on your 10th, Pastor J.O.